0: Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast where we explore challenges organizations face on their agile journey. How to become great scrum master? How to change your leadership style? Or how to embrace agility at the organization level? I'm Suzy Chokhova, Agile Coach certified scrum trainer and author of the great scrum master book and agile leader book and I'm your host for this podcast I'm passionate about business agility organizational culture and agile leadership and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast to share with you my experiences and stories from my agile journey Today, I want to talk about what it takes to be a Scrum Master. It was a long journey for me from being a developer, then a team leader of a small team, to finally embracing Scrum and becoming a Scrum Master. 10 years ago, when I joined my first Scrum team as a developer, I didn't like it much. I thought it was an awkward way of working. I was still just as resistant as most of my clients who are at the beginning of their Agile journey are. It was something new and different, very different, I would say. And however hard our Agile coaches were trying to explain it, I didn't really get it. So six months later, I was appointed to be a Scrum Master and lacking any other experience and a team leader and developer I ended up being a Scrum Team Assistant, or a bit later a Scrum Team Mother. Not something I would be specifically proud on, but to be really honest, that's very common. And it took me a long time to realize why Scrum is so powerful, and that it's all about ability to enhance self-organization. Only then I realized we were all missing a good explanation of what the Scrum Master role is. So let's hear it now. Great Scrum Masters are patient, can give space and dedicate their time to help others to grow people. They are servant leaders and catalysts. They are able to create encouraging environment where teams take over the responsibility and ownership and become self-managing. It sounds simple and not conflicting at first look. However, the real disconnect people feel at first when they came across to the role is often about their ability to let things go. Scrum masters are not responsible for delivery. Scrum masters need to let teams fail. And Scrum masters don't make decisions instead of the teams. As I said, it sounds simple. But when you think about implications, what does that mean? How do you need to change the way you work? It becomes really hard. But I need to make sure they deliver the sprint. People often say with a fear in their eyes, I need to make sure they are efficient. Or maybe I need to tell them. Not that quite. Being a Scrum Master is a very different role from being a project manager. They actually can be more different from each other. Project managers are responsible for delivery. They shall manage, make decisions. Scrum Masters are coaches, they help other people to grow, they are facilitators, they help the conversation to flow, but they don't interfere with the content. In Scrum, it is a team that is responsible for delivery, and a team who is responsible for organizing themselves, and the team is also responsible for improving their way of working. Of course, Scrum Masters can help them, but not to push them. At the end of the day, the ultimate goal of Scrum Master is to do nothing. That's right. Or if you wish to rephrase it, to build a great self-organizing teams. For example, imagine a team which is super confident that they are going to finish all the parts they planned for that sprint. But already in the middle of a sprint, they can see from their Scrum board that they are not in the middle of their work, not even close. They started many items, but they didn't finish much. So your impression is that they are not well organized. They are abandoning the problematic tasks, and it seems that they are not collaborating at all, but working as individuals. What are you going to do about it? In this situation, most people feel a strong need to guide the team and tell them how they shall organize themselves and make sure they change the way they work. They feel obligated to solve the situation. And when I remind them about the fact that as Scrum Masters they have no power to decide for them, they are very uncomfortable. But I have to make sure it's them, they say. I can't let it go. What my manager would say? Simply it's very hard for them to accept the fact that they can't push the team to do the right decision. And don't take me wrong, they shall do their best to coach a team so they realize what is happening and help them to improve. Show them what can possibly happen if they don't change. But if they are still super confident about their plan and way of working and don't see the risk, eventually you need to let it go and let them fail. Failing one sprint is not a problem. Sprint is short, and at the end of each sprint there is a retrospective where you can help them to reflect on what just happened and facilitate their conversation so they come up with action steps on what are they going to do differently next sprint, so this will never happen again. Scrum Masters are not responsible for sprint delivery, the team is. And Scrum Masters are not responsible for the product delivery either. That's a product owner's job. But they are responsible for making the team self-managing and improving. It's not that hard as it looks. In Agile space, failure is a good thing. We fail fast, learn fast. One of the useful concepts describing what our Scrum Masters doing most of their time is Scrum Master's state of mind. It shows the approaches Scrum Masters can use in different situations. It defines four quadrants with a fifth one in the middle. They are all equally important and each of them can be used in all situations and team development stages. The first one is focused on teaching, mentoring, and sharing experiences. This approach builds on top of your knowledge and experience. Especially at the beginning of your Scrum journey, you need to be clear on the purpose of the individual practices. Teaching teams and organizations about the Agile mindset, explaining them, why is it important to change, and how individual practices and frameworks works, and how they can be useful in your context. Sharing some inspirational stories from different teams and organizations is part of it. Storytelling. This approach looks simple. However, to make impact, you need to be a real believer, the agile enthusiast. Otherwise, your explanations are very flat and don't build trust in the new way you're working. Having your own hands-on experience is indeed very helpful here. The second approach you can take is removing impediments. It's critical to take off the team's frustration and help them out. But you need to be aware that you are not here to solve their problems. You are not a team assistant, not their mom. Quite the opposite. Scrum Master is a servant leader, a catalyst, who can create environment where a team can take over the ownership and responsibility and realize they are able to solve most of their problems by themselves. Using some root cause analysis can help, but enhancing their self-confidence, creating an environment with high transparency and giving them trust is the key. The third approach you can take is facilitation. Facilitation is more than just leading Scrum meetings. As facilitator, Scrum masters should know how to make conversation efficient and smooth, how to encourage people to speak up and come up with new ideas, how to help them listen to each other, and how to narrow down the conversation down to create a conclusion. The ability to facilitate is critical for the team's success as collaboration requires a good dialogue. As a fourth approach, there is coaching. The fundamental difference between coaching and mentoring is that as a coach, you don't share your own experiences. You don't even think about them. But ask open-ended questions, so-called powerful questions, which helps team to realize what is happening and where they want to go from there. You acknowledge that they are the experts, not a scrum master. This approach is critical to your long term success, as without good coaching, you can never create high performing, self organizing teams which are continuously improving. The best you can make are teams which are stuck somewhere and dorming on their journey, where it sort of works, they overcome storming, and they are just okay. But the real Agile team know there is always a better way, they know there are no best practices exist. And they shall be creative, experimenting with new ways of working and constantly changing their way of collaboration. And coaching is a great tool to help them with that. Finally though their finally even though the mentioned approaches are important there is one in addition finally even though the mentioned approaches are important there is one in addition in the middle The middle circle is about observing and making intentional decisions on where to go. And making intentional decisions on where to go. It should always be your base position, the place where you start and return back when you apply one of the approaches. The place where you start and return back again when you apply one of the approaches to see how it landed with a team. It helps you to react on different situations differently and challenge your own habits. There is no right approach to react on any situation. All five approaches are applicable. And as a great scrum master, you need to be the same comfortable with each of them so you can experiment and try new things and see how different approaches are helping teams to grow and become better. i give you one example. Imagine you are a scrum master and you are a daily scrum. And your team is not that great yet and there is one person going through too many technical details talking about how difficult was their entire day what they did with every details you can ever imagine and it's really long so you look around and you see all those people like rolling their eyes already and um, being impatient the typical behavior of scrum master or approach of scrum master is to actually facilitate that meeting so you stop that person You remind the entire team about the format of Daily Scrum and let them continue on their own. Unfortunately, when you do that, the next day it's similar and the next day similar. Simply, they are not really improving, but instead they are waiting for you to stop the meeting and be responsible for all the issues. So when I started thinking about that scrum master state of mind model, and I start challenging my own habits about how do I approach the typical situations, I start experimenting with different approaches. So I thought what would possibly happen if I don't stop that person. If I keep observing for a little bit longer. So what could possibly happen as a worst case scenario? What is as a worst case scenario, that person continues for a while, but then they finish right they always finish sooner or later that person is done the frustration might be high that's possible but the next person start talking and eventually that meeting is over so you can ask them a coaching question you can ask them what would you say about today's daily scrum and show us on your one hand zero fingers means it was really bad daily scrum and five fingers the open hand would tell you it was a great daily scrum. We get a lot of value from it. three two, one. show us. And if you see like one or two or zero fingers from all the people around, it means that they were unhappy with that meeting and maybe it's a time to talk about it. But if you see like fives and fours, well, there was no problem, really. And the only one who felt uncomfortable was you. So next time, you know. And then I went one step further, and I was like thinking, what will possibly happen if I don't ask that question, if I don't coach them at the end? Just observe. So the worst case scenario is that next day, that person talks even longer, and next day even longer, and the frustration is really growing. So at the end of a sprint, when there is a retrospective, somebody actually raised it. So we have a conversation about it, we talk about implications, we talk about options and actually come up with a way how we do it differently next time. So nothing can really happen. It's safe to wait and keep observing. We have all five approaches to address any situation. Now I'll tell you what happened most of the time. A few seconds after, where I would usually stop it already and facilitate somebody else, stand up and say, hey, you know, did you finish it? Do you need anything from us? No, that's fine. Okay, let's move on. Take it offline. And they self-facilitate their conversation. So actually, if I stop preventing them from doing some mistakes, I actually allow them to take the ownership and responsibility and become more self-organizing team. In a summary, Scrum Masters need to be true Agile believers, the biggest enthusiasts about Agile from far around. Otherwise, there is no way they help others to embrace true Agility. Their knowledge goes wider than few frameworks, practices and methods. Great Scrum Masters are patient, can give space and dedicate their time to help other people to grow. They are good at all five Scrum Master state-of-mind approaches and experiment with them. They are not responsible for delivery. Instead, they are responsible for making the team self-managing and improving. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi author of The Great Scrum Master Book and Agile Leader Book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com. Thank you for listening.